How's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode, a very special episode of the Super Mercado Brothers video game music podcast. I can't recall an episode where I've been this excited. This is going to be so much fun. Thank you so much for joining us. We usually talk about the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We're so excited today because as Carl was alluding, we're not playing any video game music on the podcast today, but you might not know that from listening to this play-in track because stylistically, it's right up the alley of the kind of stuff (laughs) that we would often play on this show. So this is a topic that Will and myself came up with a long time ago. We talked about doing... And today is finally the day when we're doing it. And I think it's going to be the first of uh, many installments because it's going to be just so much fun. This is non-VGM for VGM lovers. If I remember correctly, I think we even presented this idea as like a potential panel for MAGFest. This is is a topic that's been brewing in the works for a number of years. It's very true. And it kind of started when we did our Inspirations and Influences episode way, way, way back in the day. This is a little bit different than that. Yes, there are some tracks, as you're hearing this one, uh, on today's episode that sound like video game music and that I think were influential to some early video game composers. So there's plenty of that today. But really, that wasn't the only thing I was going for. I was trying to find music that if you are a fan of classic video game music, this is outside music that I think you're going to really love. A lot of it's quite obscure. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is uncovering and dusting off these hidden gems. And there are so many of these hidden gems today that I am so excited to share. I think one of the greatest things about video game music and the game music community is that in many ways, it's sort of the gateway drug for uh, a, a lifelong passion to a lot of different musical genres. So a lot Absolutely. of people get into things like jazz fusion through game music. A lot of people get into yep. classical music or orchestral music through games or films. And that's one of the things that's so exciting about video game music because really it's always been so eclectic and had such a variety of different t- and, and I will say scores. that this playlist is eclectic. There's quite a few genres that are represented here. Uh, expect a heavy focus on fusion, uh, jazz fusion. That should be expected. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff uh, that I found. I want to give a shout out to our good buddy Carlos. He was actually very helpful. Uh, we kind of put this playlist together. Um, I kind of started before him and then he came on at the end and, and added some really cool picks. So thanks, Carlos, for your help on this. And this is going to be kind of fun. It's kind of a surprise episode for Will unveiling some music that for the most part, I don't think you've heard, Will. Yeah. So I have the years of each piece of music that I brought in today. And just a little fun fact, for whatever reason, the universe was guiding me towards the year 1979. I don't know why, but not only is that the most popular year of what made today's episode, my entire master spreadsheet of all the tunes I considered, 1979 was just so common for whatever reason. So that was, anyway, that was from 1992. That was by T-Square, the wonderful uh, J-Fusion band. That was Faces from their album Impressive. What do you say, Will? Should we just dive into some really fun music today? 
Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that track before we we oh, jump absolutely. in. Oh, absolutely. Um because there's so many things that you know, if you're listening to that and saying, you know, what are you talking about? This just sounds like cheesy kind of 80s rock. Maybe that's sort of what sonically it it sounds like to you. Right. Um what we're talking about in terms of like stylistically why it reminds us of game music first of all the chord progressions the rhythms um that dun, 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 the fact that it's so syncopated yet it's it's pretty simple it's not jazzy in the sense of like it's tons of crazy extensions it's very melodic and direct and then also when that melody that iwi melody comes in it has the kind of uh, punch and directness that classic chiptune music often does. Um, and I think that yeah, for sure. it's because a lot of J-Fusion was very seminal and influential to some of the our most beloved And again, composers. I think the difference today is I'm not necessarily making a case that, oh, this is video gamey or, you know, this is influential. It's just music that I think if you're a fan of video right. game music, there's a good chance you're going to enjoy this. Okay, let's keep going. This is very obscure. I don't know the origin of this. This is from an album from 1976 called Hot Wax by the artist John Fiddy. That's F-I-D-D-Y. It kind of sounds like stock music or production music. This is the peak of the disco era, so keep that in mind. But it's like orchestral and funky and fun and so happy will you're gonna love this it's taste for living let's take a listen listening to a little bit of a taste of taste for living by john fitty and this is from mario and sonic at the winter (laughs) olympic games it's so adorable this is from (laughs) 1976 and you can really tell that i mean there's a lot of people that kind of raise their nose to disco music but it's just so much fun especially in an orchestral context. What do you think about this, Will? Well, and I feel like disco is really making a comeback uh, in yeah. the style and aesthetic of pop music. I which, listened to a lot know, of it in the past You know few weeks. it was inevitable because it's kind of like everything in pop music a cycle. becomes so cyclical. But yeah, it's interesting. When I was a kid, the big joke was always like how terrible disco music was and how disco's dead and like it's all anyone... I think that it was just like got too popular too quick. That was the problem with it. But it's so freaking sexy, and it's like, I don't know. I'm so jealous of a time when this could be 
sort of the prevailing musical aesthetic of the movie. Yeah, like this could be in like a montage scene of a film, uh, two people walking <laughs> yeah. in a park. I mean, what? Like, what a different time. But yeah, yeah. I got, guys, I listened to, first of all, I should say, I went down rabbit hole after rabbit hole uh, on YouTube the past few weeks listening to all kinds of music. Um, and yeah, this, I don't even remember how I stumbled upon this, but I was so glad I did. Uh, yeah, it's just really delightful. So, and, and as soon as I heard it, it made me think of Will. I, I really appreciate that. I mean, there's something about <laughs> that really elemental melodic gesture and then being done in sequence. It's a very simple yeah. kind of jazz tune, but with the flutes, it just makes it so charming and it's just harmonized in this very simple way. And then all the sort of earmarks of disco music with the kind of lyrical string violins but that specific way that they're produced with all the low end and a lot of the mid-range rolled off and then yeah, put with tons sure. of reverb it has that just kind of classic 70s sound and then you know the chunky guitar it's just it's it's so it's great. the best it's it's the kind of thing that to hear something exactly like this now, it would have to be in a very light or comic context. Like I could imagine yeah. this, like Ron Burgundy skating and yeah, for sure. Two, or like it's that kind of like it's funny because it's just so seventies. Okay, now we're gonna go to the eighties. This is actually the year I was born. This is cool. Nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, there's an album called Robot Culture, or no, it's not culture. It's Robot Culture. It's spelled C O U. T-U-R-E, okay, and it's by the artist Laszlo Benker. This is an instrumental piece of, like, synth pop, I would say. Um, obviously, most synth pop from the 80s was not instrumental, uh, and so I I stumbled upon this, and I just really like it. It reminds me of video game music, but it's just really cool. Let's take a listen to Robotically. You guys are listening to Robotically. This is from uh, the artist Laszlo Benker, 1988, from the album Robot Coacher. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, yes, so there's a lot of things instrument-wise that remind me of classic video game music. It's a very FM-heavy, synth-heavy uh, track here. Uh, it's all synth, actually. I don't think there's any real instruments at all. Um, so it has that nostalgic sound, but even kind of the slash chords and the jazzy funkiness of it is just right up my alley at the very least, and hopefully a lot of you guys. Yeah, and it's very video gamey because it's that it's that kind of like pop jazz 
in the same way that video game music is, where it's like you have these chords that evoke a very specific style, but they're not overly complex. And it's yeah, that thing sure. we've talked about before, where it's sort of the oscillation between two chords. And the melody is very soulistic. It takes its time. The use of like the fourths and fifths in the harmonized synth line also gives me a very like Japanese game music quality. But yeah, this I mean, seems it's like incredibly cheesy, menu, obviously. Menu music or something. <laughs> Like it yeah. gives me actually like Tomoya Tamita. Like I could picture this being a menu for uh, the WarioWare oh, cool. game or the Wario Land game on the Wii or whatever. That's really cool. All right, now we're gonna move to a pick that Carlos uh, brought in. Uh, this is really cool. So as you might expect, I listened to, and I think both of us listened to a lot of anime music to think about if there's anything in that arena that we could bring in. And there's a few, I would say, that made the playlist today. This is from uh, a Japanese TV show. I think it's called Gao Gai Gar. Uh, that's at least what I'm how I'm pronouncing it. This is from around 1997, and it's composed by Kohei Tanaka. Uh, as you know, that a composer that we know from Gravity Rush, a lot of his other great video game and anime work. So let's play a Kohei Tanaka track today. Uh, this is called Courageous Battle. Here we go. just giving you guys a taste of this some gorgeous guitar playing there this is courageous battle and i wanted to give a disclaimer we're not able to play all of these tracks so if you enjoy this check out our website check out the playlist and look these up on your own because they're amazing um the full title of the show was the king of braves gao gai gar and this is around 1997 and is composed by tanaka and it's such beautiful writing it was such a surprise when that distorted guitar came in uh, I also, again, I want to give a shout out to Carlos for bringing this to my attention. This is such a cool track. I'm not sure if he was a, a fan of this show or at least this the score. Um, but yeah, this is such a delight. Yeah, I, I love the sound of uh, anime music. I mentioned recently how Emma and I had started watching Cowboy Bebop, and that's obviously the great Yoko Kano. Kohei Tanaka, yeah. another legendary anime and Japanese film composer. 
Um, we didn't mention his biggest credit on this podcast, which is he's the leader of Princess Connect Redive, which is yeah, like <laughs> that probably is the most important the thing he's ever biggest done in his life. Accolade, yeah, that's the biggest. But thing I wanted on his to say th- this composition. I love how kind of neo romantic it is, the, and it's that mm. great Japanese blend of like classical classicism with these sort of. Um, functional jazz harmonies. It's so beautiful. It really reminds me of another piece I was introduced recently by my friend Peter. It's It plays on the end credits of this film called uh, Re-Zero or R-E mm. colon zero. And that sure. has, it's, it's a similar kind of style to this where it's big orchestra, that kind of jazziness, but a really syrupy, rich melody that's in the kind of high strings tugging at your heartstrings. I love this sound. It's kind of- So good. It's just, it, you can't really say anything else about it other than that it's just beautiful. It absolutely is. All right, let's move on. We're going to go back to the world of Japanese fusion. Now, if you're a fan of J-Fusion bands, you're probably going to know this track. It's one of the classics, I would say. This is a this is a tune called Raidin by the legendary group Yellow Magic Orchestra. And this is a group that has influenced so many Japanese composers, not just game composers, just composers in general. They were a very popular and influential band. This is from their, you guessed it, 1979 album, Solid State Survivor. Let's take a listen to Raideen. taste here this is Raideen if you enjoy this check out the whole thing it's so video gamey oh my gosh yeah this is one that I would put if I was going to try to like make some sort of comparison uh, of VGM or talk about really influential music to VGM composers this would be on here I mean there's so much to talk about of why this is reminiscent and really could have inspired a lot of video game music this is from 1979 YMO it's Solid State Survivor is the album this is Raideen well, and there really is a so history of popular music in Japan. I know our dad is a big fan of this uh, song that is actually kind of interesting. It was a number one song in America by a Japanese artist in Japanese from Japan. Uh, it was yeah. referred to as like the Sukiyaki song. Um, uh, but it's a beautiful melody. But what was interesting is... Uh, I was listening to that song and you can hear kind of elements of like 
is similar to something like this where it's influenced by American popular music of the time. Yeah. Yet it's also influenced by Japanese folk music and kind of its own sensibility. And so what's cool about something like the Yellow Magic Orchestra, obviously in the 70s, there are these trends, things like jazz fusion, the really obsession with synthesizer music. Yeah. Um, and some of those production aesthetics that were popular all over the world, yet a piece like this is so distinctly Japanese. And it's it cool has the Japanese that, folk qualities too. Yeah, there's a there's a pop music trajectory and history within Japan that I think is so important to when we're studying like Japanese film and game composers. And a lot of it has to do with melodic instincts, kind of like yeah. what melody note you want to go to. In the same way that like, People often wonder, oh, why does all pop music sound the same? Which I think is a horrible, simplistic reduction. But there is right. a certain thing. It's like when you're in an environment, you kind of pick up subconsciously gestures and moves and sounds. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think there's something cool about uh, stepping outside of your own cultural perspective. Yeah, in can... general, it's just, you know, not no pun intended. It's a cool fusion of different styles and Hell influences yeah. that they brought together on this track. I okay, love the, the, this I love one the, the articulation. Da, 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 yeah. That's so video gamey to me. It is. Now, this one I'm really excited about. Uh, this is by a Japanese composer, for the most part, a classical or like a concert composer, I would say, Yasushi Akutagawa. And this is from um, his album, 24 Preludes, basically not just an album, like a collection of 24 preludes. I think they're supposed to be pretty simple for like maybe more beginner piano players. This is again, 1979. This is a collection of preludes that he put out in 1979. So this is concert music, but this particular one I found, it's called Prelude in E flat minor. It is so video gamey. This feels like we're either about to face a boss. Maybe we're exploring an area in a Metroid game. Maybe we're hearing about the lore of a Zelda story. It just feels so video gamey to me. I hope you guys enjoy Prelude in E flat minor. Just a little bit of Prelude in E-flat minor. That is by Yasushi Akutagawa, and it's from 24 Preludes, which was released in 1979. This is Japanese concert music, and for historical context, this is about six years before someone like Koji Kondo were to compose the Super Mario Brothers music. And so it is crazy to hear music uh, 
by contemporary Japanese composers just before the kind of first boom of, of video games. It's, it's really crazy to hear because this reminds me of so much VGM. What does it remind you of, Will? Uh, a lot of things. First of all, Metroid, this progression we've talked right? about before with the half step up, half step down, sort of major, but borrowing from the Phrygian mode. So it'd be perfect uh, in a Metroid game. Yet at the same time, the fixation on parallel fifths and fourths, the sort of contrary motion of like the bass is moving in one direction, the right hand of the piano is moving in the other direction and kind of it's more about where they're going to than every single moment that type of writing i hear in so much japanese orchestral music string writing the yeah. way they voice chords there's something i think in the west and it probably has to do with the way that a lot of people are taught chorale writing voice leading to avoid parallel intervals fourths and fifths and even though i think most composers nowadays don't really think about that actively it, it really does influence the way that i think a lot of western composers approach writing for classical ensembles like piano yeah, or orchestra but in and i don't think it's just japan i think a lot of asian composers don't have that same um relationship with the parallel fourths and fifths and it's such an integral part i think of the harmonic identity um and that was what i got I from so it love and now i listened to a lot of japanese concert music of the 50s 60s 70s 80s and some there was a lot of great stuff but this particularly blew me away because of how much it reminded me of a video game and so i thought you guys would get a kick out well, of that i was even getting galaxy vibes you know like yeah. the hito yakoda kind of spacier yeah dark ominous it's just sound. so interesting to hear music uh, that was composed before any of those games were ever possible okay this is a real treat um giving a shout out to my friend zach who brought this to my attention a while back this is from a very pioneering early synth artist by the name of Jean-Jacques Perry, I think is how I'll, I would say it um this is from his album Moog Indigo um from 1970 very early synth music and it also happens to sound a lot like video game music it's such a treat it's passport to the future
Oh my god. I was blown away when Zach showed me this. It's just so video gamey. The sounds, some of these instruments and the vibrato really reminds me of early video game music, but the composition too. This is Passport to the Future by Jean-Jacques Perry from his album Moog Indigo from 1970. Wild. So, so good. So good. It's that kind of melody where in the first three seconds, you can predict and write the rest <laughs> the of entire the entire trajectory. Um, but it's like, I personally love that. I think there are some people who dismiss that, but I think in order for that to feel satisfying, you have to have a really great core gesture. It's kind of like, yeah. you think about Baroque composers like Bach, where the, the entire weight of their composition comes down to this really short little fugue subject. And apparently that is what Bach spent all of his time on, that the counterpoint and all the complexity yeah. actually came much simpler to It's him. a great melody. It's such a great composition. And it's so fun hearing someone that is so excited about these brand new synth <laughs> instruments. Right. This is a French composer who was one of the pioneers of really making the stuff uh, you know, bringing these sounds into people's living rooms on I the records. I also love the really sort of innocent uh, half-step modulation, which is set yeah. up in a really nice way because the melody at the end resolves back to the one, and then right. it sort of goes to the flat six as a dominant chord, which if, you, let's say, you're starting in the key of G, for instance, it's right. like you melody, yeah, da-da-da-da, and then it comes da-da-da-da, E-flat, seven, then now we're in A-flat, and we go up a half step because that's the yeah. five chord of A-flat. That's a what really kind of classy is. modulation, but it has this sort of charming if you enjoyed that guys sound. listen to the album moog indigo from 1970 it's such a delight oh my gosh okay excited to move to another pick uh, that carlos brought this is it's a tune called trapped in the race and if this isn't video game music i mean it basically is it's just not um this is by composer isamu ohashi and it's from the album impressions formula one world championship it's just an album. It's it even not sounds like a game. game. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it's from 1995, so it's cool to hear music that was, you know, from a time where this is a contemporary to a lot of this was similar sounding BGM. <laughs> Let's take a listen to Trapped in the Race. This is a rocker. And that is a banger. You guys are listening to a little bit of Trapped in the Race. 
by Isamu Ohashi from Impressions. Released in 1995, and Will was just laughing. It does not sound like 1995 music. Uh, <laughs> this is the same year the first Foo Fighters album came out. And this uh, feels more like 1985. Uh, but in any case, it's so good. This is, an, this is a true banger. Phenomenal performance. I love every single thing about this. The melody, Me the chords, the guitar tone, the production. It's just glorious. I mean... This belongs in an F-Zero game or something. Like, it's and just in a museum. so freaking good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I, is what we love about video game music. I mean, honestly, this... I, I think I would love for more... Uh, like, my, my friend Dylan is actually great at writing music that sounds like this. That sounds like kind of Japanese, big rock, yeah. kind of, but like melodic. Um, and I wish that more uh, Western composers would kind of analyze something like this. And yeah. not just melodically, not just chords, but everything. The specific guitar tone, uh, the production, the sound, because this is a really useful kind of style, I think, to send up in a lot of modern games, especially like indie games. You think of mobile games. There's such a trend now of kind of indie yep. studios having these retro style games. And, you know, we've all heard it's a the really delightful sound. I mean, scores, but the it combination would be fun to of do something like this. The rock band and the synth elements together. It's very cheesy, but it's really fun and it gets your imagination going. Delightful. So, I love thanks, when it Carlos, goes to that, that halftime kind of groove. I mean, yeah, this absolutely sounds like video game music. I was going to make the joke that I didn't know when sure. F-Zero game came out in 95. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to give Will a little bit of choice here. I have two tracks that I found that I had to bring in today uh, from this particular artist, and each one of them I love equally, and each one of them I would be down to consider for track of the week. So I'll let Will decide at the end of the episode. This is a jazz flautist uh, by the name of it's Dave... It's actually pronounced Flortoost. <laughs> Dave Valentine, a wonderful musician that sadly passed away only a few years ago. And I was going through, um, for and, whatever uh, Now reason, I look like a dick. I called him a Flortoost. <laughs> I was going through his whole discography, for whatever reason, with a heavy focus on the 80s, because I was like, okay, there's probably going to be some cheesy, fusion-y music, synth-heavy music in the 80s that might fit on this episode. And... I was correct. It's such fun music, such great compositions, great playing. The first one uh, from Dave that I wanted to play today, this is a live cut. It's called Oasis, again by Dave Valentine from Live from the Record Plant. This is from 1985. Such a delightful piece of music. Enjoy. <laughs>
God. You guys are listening to Oasis, live by Dave Valentine, live from the record plant, oh 1985. God. This is such a delight. It's so cheesy that I'm just, my whole body's dripping with melted cheddar, but I couldn't be happier. It's a really cool track. Really, really cool. I haven't laughed this much since a bad <laughs> music episode. And this is not bad music. I, I think this is phenomenal. It's phenomenal music. It's just music. like, it's so, you know, it, music that you has hear the while you're the waiting 80s. for the electric company to answer the question yeah. about your bill. Your call is very important to us. Please stay on the line. Yeah, it's It's, it's also dripping. so cheesy, like, workout video, like, instructional VHS tape. What oh, you guys, God, that's I want you to go back and listen to this. Well, you might not have heard over our jabbering, but Dave, he's soloing here. And he's so into it. I mean, he's just having a ball on this video. You can watch it on YouTube. And what he did there, you may have heard, is he takes a break from his flute soloing and he goes, and then he solo solos. For whatever reason, he just like sings every few seconds because he's just, he can't contain his energy. That's um, so funny. What a delightful musician. So, yeah, Will, I mean, that's, that's a choice there for track so of the week. so good, but it's like the kind of thing where... I was embarrassed. It's like I was like the, the second it started, I was laughing. I, I I can't explain it, but it's just I'm so aware. And look, I'm very immune to cheesiness. I love cheesy, but, but like even I've never been more aware that like the average person listening to this, at least in America, would be like, "Oh my yeah. god, this is awful." Just because listening <laughs> with the part of their brain that hears the surface level and kind of like what's cool and what's not cool context, but. Yep. The thing is, taste. Is, I, I, this is so unself-aware in a in the best possible way. It's not just joyous. It's, it's joyous unself-conscious music. that it actually is kind of badass and comes full circle around to I being agree. cool again because it's just so unashamed. It's letting its freak flag fly, which is just ah, that's awesome. Well, we'll keep that in mind as one of the possible choices. Let's now move on, and we're going to go back to you guessed it, folks, 1979. Um, I stumbled upon this. It's a wonderful score. This is a Japanese anime film. It's called Galaxy Express 999, and it was composed by Nozumi Aoki. So a little bit more film music uh, for the day here. This is really cool. The name of this track is Tetsuro. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Tetsuro. This is composed by Nozomu Aoki. Uh, I don't know if I said that name right before, but yeah. Nozomu. I think I said Nozomi. Um, this is from Galaxy Express 999, a Japanese anime film from 1979, and it's really beautiful music. The 70s was a magical time. I can only ascertain. At least in Japan. Jesus Christ. Oh, those <laughs> chords just hurt me. The combination of chords and melodies are just like absolutely gorgeous. My heart. And then I love Beautiful. that that change. It completely strips down to nothing. And then we have a Rhodes, an electric piano that's you know on the same stage as this as this orchestra. It's a really cool kind of a quirky arrangement, and it makes some daring choices but really beautiful melody writing also like right before that there's this interesting progression we talked about going to the flat six dominant but this does a really cool thing it goes to the flat six dominant and then resolves down by a half step to the dominant chord but i think it has the 13 on top and it's so it's this really sort of spacious fourth c voicing that feels sort of dreamy and you're just so not expecting that Rhodes color in that very contrasting different section but i really love compositionally how aoki gets back to the jazz language yes in the ensemble world that was one of my favorite things starts off with it's it's really powerful honestly Mm -hmm. and then when that tune comes back and harmonized in the way that it is with the brass section in full force trumpets and trombones and i knew you were gonna love that filled out with these dense chords yeah this is absolutely gorgeous i would like this is like my dream kind of music to write yeah and and you know what i i want to do future installments of this because there's so many different musical genres that i could have focused on i tried to do a mix today um so i'm really excited to do more of these okay let's go back to the world of j fusion um one of the other all-star bands if you like this kind of music of course is cassiopeia this is Navigators, which is one of my favorites of theirs. It's, to me, one of the most video gamey sounding tunes they have. It's really fun. This is from 1991 from their album Full Colors. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to a little bit of Navigators by Cassiopeia. This is from their album Full Colors, released in 1991. And it sounds like Naoshi Mizuda music oh from Rock Man Forte. It's so video gamey, so cool. It, the rhythms are amazing. Uh, just the playing, the arrangement, everything is just technicolor and wondrous. This might be my favorite thing ever made by a human. 
Yeah. I love Will this. was losing it. He was absolutely I, losing his mind on this This was a serotonin dump to my brain. I've never done, you know, like heroin before, but I can't <laughs> feel as good as this feels. Oh my lord, I love this. I love every Isn't single it thing so about good? it. From the very first second it started, it was like an adrenaline shot to the heart. It just sunk its teeth into you. Oh my god. I would be I would be okay with doing two tracks of the week. I do want to focus on someone lesser known. A lot of people know this group. Um, it's it's not nearly as obscure as most of the episodes. So I do want to make sure we focus on on one of them. But I'm down for doing two if you wanted to do one as this because um, because it does deserve it. I, I mean, mean I it's actually it one of the first be, that was on my list. It would be immoral not to have this like th- this is the greatest thing i've ever heard <laughs> oh my god i love it it's oh, i feel like it broke him yeah, it's I, like I wayne's world i'm not worthy i don't even yeah, want to talk about it i hear it. you man because it does this was, might have been the first on my list it does something to my body like that beyond what i can explain in music theory terminology i'm just viscerally affected by this yeah in a way i haven't been, like you. It's so I was exciting. literally laughing the whole time and smiling. You saw me. I th- this yeah, doesn't normally funky, happen. It's to jazzy. Me. It's fun. It's it's video game music. Basically, I adore this. Um, <laughs> this is so good. Okay. This is like some. Oh my god. This is like yeah, better check than out this Jake album, Kaufman. Dude. Good. You're gonna love this album. Okay, let's now move on to uh, a jazz guitarist. Um, that I listen to a lot of his work, a lot of really fun, happy stuff. This is a really happy piece of music. It's called Brazilian Skies. So there's a little bit of that uh, kind of Brazilian flavor to it, I would say. The artist is Masayoshi Tanaka. This is the album called All of Me, and this was 1978. Let's take a listen. You guys are listening to Brazilian Skies, and I think we may have broken Will. I wish you guys could see his reactions to this. This is why, dude, I've been so excited to do this episode. It's just joyous music that almost makes you laugh. It's so good. Uh, this is by Masayoshi, Masayoshi Tanaka. I have nothing to say. I, I don't know what to contribute. I'm. It's such I'm a sweet having melody. A, I'm having an episode. I'm like, this is so much joy for my yeah. heart can't take it i think i'm i'm going to start having heart failure it is an it's, overload this I track totally gave agree. me diabetes i'm telling you <laughs> oh it's that God. much sugar it's, it's also, very sweet it's and so innocent it's so clarifying to hear something like this in 1978 it's like 
we wonder why something like supersonic racing gotta have yeah. the fit. It's like we wonder where that comes from. It's like being raised on this kind of musical instinct. And yeah. that's not an insult. That's like the most beautiful. There's a sweetness, thing. a purity, and this. innocence to it um, that you can't escape from when you listen to music of this era. You know, as I try to be as open minded of like, oh, there's good music in every era, which is true. There is something that you experience when you listen to music of this era that you just can't get anywhere else. The interesting thing to me is listening to this, it actually puts some of our interactions with Japanese game composers in, a, in an interesting context. Because like when we interview Takashi Tateishi or Minami Matsumai and we laud them with compliments about how they're, you know, one of our favorite composers and they're kind of like, oh no, it's just something I did. There's way better yeah. writers. And we're kind of like, no, they're just being humble. But I think listening to like the caliber of amazing music that's happening in Japan, I can actually understand where they're coming from. Because if you're yeah. Takashi Tateishi and you're listening to something like Brazilian Skies or Navigators, it's kind of like, oh no, those guys are the real musicians. I'm just making video games. I, I can kind of hmm. understand why he would think that. I don't hold that's that view. But it's, it, it's like, I just think this is so much more interesting than what was happening in America at the time. I know a lot of people would probably disagree. It's clearly much more cheesy. It's clearly much less self-conscious, but that's why I love yeah. it. It's just it's a more pure innocent. expression of human love and just pure music. It's, it's well, we're honestly gonna go the from, most charming thing. We're going to go from 1978 all the way to 1994, and this is a quirky choice. I stumbled upon a rabbit hole indeed on this one. This is a piece of demo music for a keyboard that was released in the early 90s, the Casio CTK450. If you own that keyboard and press the demo button, this is what you would hear. It's an original piece of music, apparently composed by Ed Alstrom. Let's take a listen to this delightful track. guys are listening to the delightful latin piece of music uh, i don't know what it's called it's the demo song from the casio ctk 450 around 1994 or so this is apparently composed by ed alstrom and i wanted to put this on the playlist because it reminds me of video game music of that time i mean the sounds here it kind of feels like we're listening to a piece of 16-bit vgm 
it's it's really nostalgic for me. Some of these samples are very similar to the Casio that we had. Um, and there's a lot of great times I have. I remember listening to Casio demos as a kid. And so this kind of takes me back to that time. But this is a wonderful track. Great. Very cheesy. Uh... Yeah, my analytical brain, I think, melted <laughs> out of my ears. Yeah, we've the, already said that you've been broken, so people know that you're melted. I I think I need to take a lap or, like, take a knee for the rest of this. <laughs> also, just looking at the rest of this playlist, uh, I'm worried that I'm not going to make it. <laughs> this stuff is <laughs> this some amazing good. stuff it's to come. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I'm really um, excited about our next track. This next track is a, a piece of music that Carlos uh, really wanted us to play, and so I had to include this. It's a track that Will and I have been familiar with for a long time. I actually got to see this group live. This is by far the most recent um, entry on our playlist. This when is did from you see 2016. Them? Did, they, did they open for Wolfpack or something? It was the a festival that we went to in Chicago, actually. Um, and so it was all kinds of artists um, on different stages, you know, Man, um, so we did get fun. to see Wolfpack. We got to see Nowhere. We got to see a lot of great groups. Doesn't it was live music sound so great? It sounds right really now. fun, right? Yeah. And they put on an amazing show. This is from the band Nowhere. And it's from their album Life, which came out in 2016. It is such a killer piece of music. It's called Overtime. I hope you enjoy. guys listening to a taste of the amazing banger hit single overtime by knower and check this whole thing out if you like this and also check out the live band version put that into youtube because that is particularly phenomenal but anyway this version is from their album life which came out in 2016 and their every bit is amazing live i mean maybe even more so the just the technical ability and insanity and the the composition the jazz fusion chords that are coming at you at supersonic speed it's it's an experience well i think they actually if i'm correct started as a band that did kind of like the postmodern jukebox thing of like doing really fleshed out kind of jazz fusion versions of popular songs except where be. post postmodern jukebox was kind of like much more accessible nowhere was just kind of like fourth dimensional weird. kind of as weird, weird as possible stuff. but i, I mean lewis cole is a genius but he's one of the funniest weirdest most unique people in the world um absolutely a beast 
musician. So yeah, check out Knower. They're really good. Glad we got to include that. Okay, Will, this is the other option here uh, in my mind for you. This is another track that I found from Dave Valentine. This one has been in my head all week. I think it's so cool. It's called Astro March from his album Land of the Third Eye, which came out in 1980. Let's take a listen to Astro March. This is Astro March by Dave Valentine. Oh my God. From his album, Land of the Third Eye, released in 80. It's so good. It's just so catchy and funky and unique and video gamey. And it's just one of my favorite things I've heard in a long time. In love with this. Yeah. There's so many things about his playing that is really biting and grabs you. I love his use of vibrato. And yep. how long he waits for it. Like, the, he'll hold the straight tone for a long time and then slowly. Bah. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's very expressive and has so much personality and character to it. I mean, this also, vamp, now though, he's doing that That's one of the catchiest vamps ever. <laughs> so but I love good. now he's doing that sort of percussive overblowing sound, which gives him, like, the multiphonics. Like, you can actually hear multiple pitches simultaneously. Yeah. So I, that's, like, a level of genius and technicality on the instrument that's just like well it's what I love about this track is the groove and the melody are so appealing and so hooky but then it goes into a great solo which is what I love about jazz is that then you can really explore this groove in, in every direction you would you'd ever want to and then you come back to the head again it's just so good that's a really great point yeah it's kind of everything you'd want though because oftentimes um Sort of where I tend to get bored with jazz is when the head is really uninteresting. Right. And it's like, it's all just like, you can't wait to get to the solos. But to me, a great solo needs the context of like, you kind of want to recognize the chord progression. You want to recognize where, I mean, it's something that I love about your 
funk band that Thank like you. all of your tunes are very memorable and melodic so it's kind of like you recognize where you are in the form because you're you sure. kind of have the ghost of the melody in your head and that's what i think works so great here that it's so catchy and memorable even just hearing it one time with all the repeated yeah. notes you have those rhythms you have those pitches kind of in your dna and it contextualizes the solo in this really beautiful and exciting oh, way man. Gosh, that's so good. So, Will, if you had to pick, which one of these Dave tunes would you? Would I you definitely go gotta with? go Astro March for sure. Astro, I mean, March, I think baby. the the Oasis did bring me a lot of joy and laughter, but I think this one, I would show this is to anybody. Less cheesy, yeah, yeah. This one is oh, it's so good. Really happy to unveil this super, super, super hidden gem. For you all. Okay, let's move on. We're going to go back to some film music, back to some Japanese film music. This is another anime film that came out in, you guessed it, 1979. It's called Castle of Cogliostro, is how I am going to say that today. And it's composed by Yuji Ono. Uh, this is Fire Treasure. Here we go. You guys are listening to Fire Treasure from Castle of Cogliostro. I'm doing my best there. Uh, this is composed by Yuji Ono, and it was directed, actually, this movie by Miyazaki in 1979. And it's apparently part of the Lupin series, so it stars the Lupin character. And uh, Yuji Ono uh, is known for his work in that series. And so that's cool to, to know that. But yeah, what a wonderful piece of music Will was remarking how impressive the engineering and the mixing is on this too. Yeah, it just doesn't sound like 1979 to me. And I mean that in the best possible way. Like it just really holds up. It's very classy. It's very elegant. The instruments have a very full bodied quality, particularly the flute. I love yeah. the way it's panned. I love how kind of dry and close a lot of the elements are. And then the one thing is the violins have that kind of like we were talking about the disco-y produced really heavily filtered and then sent to reverb sound. But to me, that's yeah. like such a, a a stylistic choice and it gives like right. depth to the arrangement because you have the close elements and you have the far elements and it makes it sort of, you know, it, it takes the mud away, so to speak, that it's not just all these things conflicting in the same register, same place in terms of the Absolutely. sound. But what a great melody. And it reminds me a little bit of like Ennio Morricone, just and how mm -hmm. melodic it is and how kind of that simple, heroic, 
old fashioned modal sound. Absolutely. Well, guys, this is the definition of a hidden gem. You can't get more obscure than this. So glad I stumbled upon this somehow on my many rabbit hole trips on YouTube. It's so good. The artist here is Christian Gaubert. And again, this is from 1979. I wasn't even trying to focus on that year. Just the universe was trying to tell me something. It's from his album, Last Exit. I guess I would call this like disco funk synth music, instrumental music. I guess that's what I would call it. It's really good. Let's take a listen to Sweet and Fool Like a Child. You guys are listening to Sweet and Fool Like a Child by Christian Gaubert from Last Exit, which came out in 79. Uh, It's so cool and sexy and funky. Really good writing. When the horns finally come in, it's such a payoff. Love the synth. Just good I love how dry in 70s this is. I mean, the horns feel like they're in your living room playing right in front of you. It's They're all in your closet, all of them. And I also, just the arranging is really solid. They save the trumpets for that big climactic moment of the descending chromaticism. Isn't that tasteful? Another phenomenal mix. This sounds like the 70s, 100%. Baseline is illegal. It's so funky. But, yeah, oh, it's very seventies. Yeah, the yeah, bass I don't know is what great, it was. really aggressive and about uh, seventy nine. But I mean, that was apparently a really magical and special year. I mean, a lot of amazing music that I think VGM fans would love. So really glad to bring a light to this song. Now, as cool as this track is, there are oodles and oodles of ones like it that we don't have time for today. So look forward to another installment. Next time I'll get Will on board. Uh, maybe you can kind of try to find some different genres that, that might not have been represented today. Heck yeah. There's tons of, I think, fun stuff. Uh, I found this artist recently that I, I keep forgetting to share with you, but I really think he's kind of like if Kazumi Tataka wrote like modern pop songs. Uh, yeah. He's this Mexican dude out of L.A., that just right he kind of is like he's his melodies are a lot like marty he has like a marty kind of vibe where he's this sort of Mm -hmm. innocent soft kind of beta male pop music where it's not like aggressive show-offy 
but right. really melodic and great. And that I'll stuff to check that out. really reminds me. You have of, to send uh, me that. Okay, it's time to rock, everybody. There were some other more well-known rock bands and artists that I did have on my master list that didn't make this episode. But this is really cool, and it's a hidden gem. This is from 1987. The artist is Tony McAlpine, and the album is Maximum Security. Let's rock out to Key to the City. So good. So very cheesy, but so good. This is Key to the City by Tony McAlpine from Maximum Security. He put out this in 1987, and I think this is very influential. This style of rock music from the 80s was very influential to a lot of early video game composers. There's harmonized guitar licks here that remind me a lot of the Mega Man X series. Um, It's actually reminiscent of a lot of video game music. It's just really fun. Just you just kind of, you know, bob your head, pump your fist, and enjoy. Heck, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Th- I'm, now that I'm thinking of uh, tons of other things that I'd love to do in future installments, I showed you that group awesome. before called Mild High Club. Um, yeah. That's, it's very sort of like psychedelic, electronic, sort of. It, it reminds me a little bit of like 12 Rods. Um, not For all sure. their stuff, just some of the more psychedelic. Yeah, I mean... I'm excited to kind of stretch this a little bit because I think a lot of these tracks on here were very uh, obvious to me. Like, if you like video game music, if you have that general yeah. sensibility, there's a good chance you're going to so really in love many this ways, playlist. I think we should call we that, stretch it a little we bit. We should call that episode, like, part two. So, like, this one is all of these have direct, obvious linkages, I think, to, like, right. a game music idiom. Where maybe the next one we could go just maybe a little bit farther. So keep it maybe right. melodic stuff or, or groovy stuff, but stuff that we can just decide. I mean, obviously, yeah, any installment fun. we do, we can just decide what the overall theme would be for that installment. We could do another one that is kind of more direct or one that has half and half. But um, yeah, guys, I also want to say stick around for this playout because it's another jazz guitarist, Japanese jazz guitarist by the name of Yoshiaki Masuo, who's also really good. This is a really great track from, of course. 1979 is from the album good morning and it's called dealing with life which i think is something we've all been doing a lot lately will it was really obvious but did you have a good time today i had a wonderful time this was one of my favorite episodes we've done in a a, a long while too, wonderful man. playlist great music really inspiring it gets sort yeah. of the juices 
mind-blowing. It really um, does. When I had this music, I was just so excited. I couldn't wait to record. I wanted to record this like on like Tuesday. Uh, I know that Friday is like, you know, your your best day for uh, your schedule, but I was just like, oh man, I just could not wait to do this episode. Yeah, man. I can't wait to do another one. Uh, oh, uh, something I want to mention. All you guys should check out Carl's album if you haven't already. Get Bit. It was released uh, just this past week. Um, and Thank it's you. a fantastic collection of chip tunes of his all stuff that I believe that you did for Battle of the Bits. Is that right? Yeah, it's all stuff that I originally submitted to Battle of the Bits all the way back from April of 2020 to January uh, of 21. And so it's crazy and how it much music features, I've been making for that. It community. features a really cute Carlos rendering of Carl and Joe's dog, Coco. Um, yeah. And it's, it's really biting cute. a Genesis controller. Yeah. So check that album out guys uh yeah and um we're gonna play you out with this dealing with life track thank you so much for listening to this episode it was very different i mean our podcast is about video game music so it was a little bit of a a change of pace to do this episode but i hope you guys enjoyed it i really can't imagine anyone not enjoying most of this music especially Um, if they like the music that we play on this podcast yeah, and one of again, one of our favorite things about this podcast is to curate really high quality music that a lot of times is obscure or dusty sitting on a shelf that, you know, people aren't celebrating maybe as much as we think they should be. So that continues with this episode. I think that's about right. it. We'll get out of your hair. Anything else you got yeah, at the end? We'll Will? see. Uh, oh yeah, this is the last episode of our <laughs> podcast. Okay, bye guys. <laughs> Everything going well with school currently? Yeah, you know, I think it's starting to get into that like ugh, lot of work kind of I'm exhausted Overloaded. place, but uh, I had a lot of fun this past week because it was our theme um, week for the film that we're working on. So we just like submitted oh, nice. a bunch of different pieces as kind of like to see what, what sticks. Um, and that's, that's my great. favorite thing is like writing stuff like that outside of the context of film, focusing on melody and stuff. Um, and I want to thank you. You actually played some drums on the, uh, this little theme piece I was doing and I got my buddy Peter to play accordion on it. It's a fun it tune. Fun. Well, you'll have to share it on the next OG episode. How yeah. About it's that? very sort of cliche French um, and everything, but it, I had a blast kind of writing that. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. Enjoy this playout track. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out. <laughs>